With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello again, Beatles fans, and welcome to episode 34 of I Saw the Beatles. This week's very special guest is Marianne Laffin of Queens, New York, and she has got some really great stories, I'll tell you. And I'm about to hear, I and you are about to hear something that I have not heard anyone say they had done before at a Beatles concert up until... Marianne. So I can't wait to get to that part of the story. But for now, hello, Marianne. How are you? Good. Wonderful. Great. Great. So how old were you when you uh, first discovered the Beatles, 1964? I was 10 and a half. Ten and a half. Wow. wasn't quite 11. And for some reason, I was home from school that day. And Uh I remember I was sitting on the kitchen floor, helping my mother clean out the bottom cabinets. And Mm -hmm. she had the radio on, and they were playing all of this music that I'd never heard of in my life, and that was it. That just took over my life. It was the Beatles. Um, Wow. Is this this before or after Ed Sullivan? It was the day they were landing. It was the day they were landing at Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah, so I watched the Ed Sullivan shows on our little family black and white TV, and that was the beginning that day. I remember it so clearly. Ten and a half. Wow, and you remember cleaning out the cabinets. Wow. Yep, yep. Oh, my. Yep, and if I I was at school, I would have missed it. Yeah. Everything fell together. Everything just fell together. So so ten and a half, so that means – so were like all your friends at school fans too? I mean, no, when you went they, to school, they had, no, they had never heard of the Beatles. They didn't know anything. So I kind of kept it private. Yeah, you know that's interesting because I don't think at ten I could have. I don't know that I was. We were going great. Well, you know, ten that was somewhere around you know the uh, John Denver years <laughs> for us. Uh-huh. So so you know for me so you know i don't know i don't remember i don't know that there was anybody really like wow back then but for for our, yeah. us 10 year olds but anyway so uh so the beatles you know 64 came and went you didn't get to see them but you were you know you're 10 and a half you know 11 right. years old so 1965 you did get to see them and how did how did that happen how did you manage that i I don't know how, it must have been by the radio, WMCA, that was our New York City radio station with Murray the K, um, uh-huh. who was friends with the Beatles in New York, and they must have been announcing the, sh- the show at Shea, 
and they told you how to get tickets. It was $5.50, and you had to send it. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was at that point 11. I wasn't quite 12, so how do I get $5.50? So I spoke to my father, God bless my father, and he told me to work for it. So I collected newspapers every night from the neighborhood. And if you tied up newspapers, my father took me to the junkie every Saturday. They weighed the newspapers, and I got a little bit of money. Then I started collecting used bottles. My Mm -hmm. father took me to the junkie again. I got some money. I got my $5.50. So I went to my mother. She wrote out a check for me. She mailed me. She mailed the letter for me. Um, It was to Sid Bernstein Productions, I believe. And I got a ticket to Shea Stadium. I did not know any other person who was going to Shea Stadium. So my father dropped me off. God bless my father. My God, how old were you when he dropped you off? I was, what, 12? I just turned 12, I believe. I had turned 12 two weeks earlier. The end of July, I had turned 12. Wow, and your father dropped you off at Shea. Yeah, and I don't know how I found him at the end of Shea. I have no idea how I found him, but I found him. Wow. Wow. Oh, my my Lord. (laughs) Anyway, so... So you're off. You're off on your own little adventure, um, you know, all by yourself. And and uh, I mean, does he give you spending money? You know, I don't just dime to I call home. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember. I don't remember. I remember my seat was on the first level, the floor level, over towards first base. Uh-huh. But it wasn't like that close, but it was on the uh, the seat level. And so I had a great view of the third base dugout, which is where they came out of. Uh-huh. So I was able to actually see them come out of the dugout before they ran across the field to get to the stage. Oh, my wow. God. And the noise, the noise was deafening. That roar when they came out, it was deafening. Were you part of the noise, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how I survived it. I was so hysterical, but yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, did you? Um, were you all dressed up? Did you believe that one of them was going to notice? You and <laughs> I don't remember what I wore. I don't remember. I'm sure I did get dressed up because this was such a special moment for me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now, did you? I mean, did you get to know the people around you, or were you just? Kept to yourself and just that's it. I, did, I just kept to myself. They were so much older than me. I remember they were like older teenagers, and I just uh-huh. was in awe of them. I was so much younger. Oh wow, wow! So yeah. so you got through the whole the whole show and back to your dad yeah. and safely. And yeah, and I re- what, I remember I re- I don't remember the whole lineup, but I remember the opening song was Twist and Shout. Mm-hmm. And even with 55,000 people screaming, I could make out Twist and Shout. And I could also make out Ticket to Ride, which since that day has been my favorite Beatles song. Um, and then, of course, the, the closing song, I'm Down. I was able to make out I'm Down. It was very hard to hear what songs they were playing because of, you know, 55,000 people screaming. Mm-hmm. But, it was but just, you were screaming, it was just too. Amazing. So, I mean, you, yes, you have to take yes. some credit here for this. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Everybody else is saying because everybody was screaming, and I'm like, "But you were screaming too." Now wait a second. If we're all screaming, you know, if we could all just tell everybody to stop for a moment, can you imagine? 
the big quiet yeah. sound like at the golf. Oh my god. Yeah. Like the golf yeah. Tournament, you know. Shh. And everything yeah. went quiet. Um anyway, so so you know, do you get back to school? What's your friends, you know, was there anybody did you find out that anybody else had been there? Or are you still on your own on this? I'm on my own. I went to a small Catholic parochial school and no one had any interest or knowledge about the Beatles. So I was on my own. Oh, so, so were you pinning pictures to your walls at home? Oh, yes. my One whole wall. And my sister, who's three years younger than me, had to share the bedroom with me. And, oh, my God, she hated it. She used to draw mustaches on them. Oh, um, but, yeah, classic. a whole wall. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Father, I have a confession. I drew a mustache on Paul McCartney. <laughs> um, so, so you know, you're, you're, you're. Oh, what is? I can't imagine being a Beatles fan and not having friends that are Beatles fans. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, were you getting the albums and everything and collecting them? I was them getting and... the albums. By then, I was doing chores, so I had enough money to go walk to the candy store and buy 16 Magazine. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the radio all the time. Scott Muni, Murray the K. Wow. Yeah. So you around comes 1966, and you get to go back to Shea, and... Uh, why don't same you tell thing. us about that? I mean, yeah, it was the same thing. I was by myself. I got my money. My mother sent away for my ticket. I got my ticket in the mail. I had mm-hmm. similar seats over by the first okay. face dugout. I was a little bit closer. And I was by myself again. I had just turned, what, 13, two weeks mm-hmm. earlier than that. Um, do, do you remember what you wore to this one? Or you know, did you do up your no. hair? Or, uh, no? I don't remember. I don't remember. But I know it was, I don't know, maybe halfway through the show, and I, I was just hysterical, and I said, I have to go. I have to touch them. I have to meet them. And I ran down to the front and climbed over the fencing and climbed under banister after banister after banister and ran on the field. Um, I didn't get very far before I knew it. There was about three cops on top of me lifting me up and carrying me away back to the seats. Oh. So I didn't try it again. Yeah. Did, yeah, did you – they put you back to your seat? I mean, they would put you in well, stadium jail now. Your, yeah, no, not to your seat, but they put you back into the seating area. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. but you'd still end up in, in you know, a, a stadium jail cell if you tried anything like that now. You, yeah, you know, definitely. They don't, they don't tolerate I, that. Yeah. Did you get to see whether I, or not any of the Beatles noticed you running? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember that. And I still you, have, have you, my tickets. I still have my ticket stub from '65. I don't know what happened to '64. I mean '66. I have the ticket stub. I don't know what happened to '65. Yeah. See. See. I find this interesting. So. So you climb over. You're climbing under. You and you're running. Okay. Running. Running, and you know, you get tackled by the police. But this is where I, I just—were you wearing pants? This is what I'm trying to figure out. Because that's why I asked you what you were wearing. Why you, you know, if you remembered, because you know, you would think. In my mind, I guess you know, if your underwear—if they're lifting up in the air, your underwear showing—you're like, oh, I was wearing a dress because I was mooning everybody, you know. But <laughs> you don't remember? 
No, I don't remember. It's fun, and and I know a lot of these shows were were filmed. So, have you ever looked to see whether or not maybe someone caught you on film or anything? A lot of the films are from '65, not '66. Oh, uh, so okay. I did not. I did not see anything that I saw of '66. Did not have that. Okay, how far did you get? Um. I ran for a while, but, I, I, you know, I wasn't at the stage or near the stage, probably halfway to the stage. Oh, well, that's still good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. ran. That was good. Did you get cheers? I couldn't hear anything. It was so loud. I was in a zone. I just saw where the stage was and knew I wanted to get there. Yeah, you are one gutsy person for you know for a thirteen year old. That is amazing. That is really gutsy. Something you know to do that. I, I could never imagine. I, I just I just could never imagine um, even trying something like that. I mean, did your did you go home and tell your parents? By the way, I jumped the rail and ran off. Yeah, the field I or? did. They they thought I was crazy, but they were so supportive of me. My parents were wonderful. Oh, that's great. So did they just laugh about it? I mean, my parent, my parents would not no. have done that. My parents would have. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they just laughed about it. You know, the crazy oh, wow. daughter. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, so you had sent some pictures, which are gonna, you know, we'll, we're playing on the slideshow uh, that people can look at during this, <laughs> this uh, while they're listening to this this interview. Why don't you tell us about some of these pictures? So somehow a bunch of us got together or found, we found each other. I don't know how there were no cell phones. There was no internet. There was no email. I don't know how we found each other, but our little group got bigger and bigger and it was just calling each other on the house phone to decide where we would meet. So what was the best place to meet in Queens? It was Shea Stadium, gate B for Beatles. Oh. So we would pick we would pick a date and call our Beatles friends and we would meet there at Gate B and we would just hang out for the day and then we would exchange phone numbers and addresses. And our group started to get a little bit bigger as we spread the word amongst our friends. Um, um and then I remember in nineteen sixty eight, I think I sent you my ticket stub. We right. were very um, creative, and we planned a magical mystery tour trip to Bear Mountain, which is probably almost two hours north of New York City. Uh-huh. And we we hired a bus for the day. I don't I don't remember who hired it, but everyone was my age, so I don't know which bus company would give a contract to all of these crazy women. Um, but we hired a bus. It left at nine thirty from Gate. For Beatles at Chase Stadium. I still have my ticket. It cost $2.50 to get on the bus. It was September 15th of 1968. Um, everyone brought their own lunch, and we had a planning committee. There were games that we played, running games, tag games. We did lots wow. of singing. We, we took a hike up Bear Mountain. And I think I sent you a picture of some of the signs that we painted on white sheets that we hung on the side of the bus. One of yeah. them said Mag- Magical Mystery Tour, another one said Beatles. Um, yeah, so at 9.30, our bus took off and brought us up to Bear Mountain. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty amazing. How many of, do you remember, was it a full bus? Yeah, we filled the bus. I think if you look on my ticket, I don't have it in front of me. I think I was number 90-something. Yeah, 98. That's what I was wondering what that number was, and I thought, well, maybe that's how many people there were. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, yeah. wait a second. So, you were actually part of the original Beatles Festival. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Yeah, I never thought of that, Jen. You guys, yeah, yeah, you guys did it before anybody else. Right, You just happened to do it somewhere up in the mountains. Right. Oh, we we had such a great day. I still remember that day. We had such a great day. I can, I, you know, I can, I can only imagine, you know, being up, going up to the mountains and let's see, this is 68, 66, you said you were 30. So you're 15 years old when this is going on. Right. 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 So, yeah. so you, I guess you, you eventually met all your Beatles friends then. Yep. And another crazy thing we did, I don't have any pictures of this. I think the year after that, the group mm-hmm. of us rented a room a large room at Steinway Music Studios on 57th Street in New York City mm-hmm. and we had it set up with like a panel and microphones and you bought a ticket to it to pay for the rental of this room I don't know why Steinway rented this room out to all these crazy people again because we're over the age of 18 but we were able to rent out this room and I think that was really the first Beatle Festival the room was wow. full and that was just amazing. I'm sure some of my friends must have pictures from that. They had to buy a right. ticket. It, so it was like a Beatles symposium. Yes, yes. And who was who was on the panel? I mean, what were you? What was the discussion? I, I I don't I don't remember. I don't remember. But it was a good time. Yeah, it was a great time. And to be in Steinway Music Hall, which is absolutely beautiful, um, that was very impressive that we were able to do that. Yeah, where's Steinway Music Hall? Where did you? It's on 57th Street. Uh huh. In Manhattan. It's in Manhattan. Actually, a few years ago, the original Steinway piano was needed major, major renovation. Mm-hmm. And Paul very quietly contacted Steinway and said he would pay for the entire renovation. <gasps> um, and it was a wow. famous piano. Is a famous piano that was used by, I'm blanking on the name of which artist had used that piano. Paul, Paul paid for the entire renovation, which was very expensive. And then they very quietly, Steinway very quietly had a little event one night with Paul there, and they thanked him for being so generous to pay for this renovation. And he got on the piano and he sang a bunch of songs. on the- My friend Carol and I were outside the studio that night in the middle mm-hmm. of a tornado through New York City, um, but we did not get to see him, and we did not have tickets to go in. These were all very wealthy people oh, I can who imagine. Su- supported Steinway. So, right, and yeah, when was this? Great history. This was a couple of years ago. So, uh, so you're, date, still, so you you're still chasing Paul McCartney. Oh, yeah, it doesn't stop. Uh, how many times have you seen yeah. him in concert? Probably over a hundred. Really? Are you one of those world travelers that follows him? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> how far have you gone to see? Um, I guess the furthest was Costa Rica or Poland. Costa Rica and Poland were probably the furthest. 
Wow. Wow. I, I, I did not get to Japan. I have a lot of friends who got to see him in Japan or Brazil. Now, have you met him? Yes, a number of times. And is that because you is that because you were pulled up from the audience, or how did you get to meet him? No, I was never pulled up by the audience. Um, when when him and John Lennon were in New York City in 1968, they held a press conference to announce the formation of Apple. Right. Mm-hmm. I I found out that they were staying in Nat Weiss's apartment on the east side of Manhattan, and I went there and saw them twice coming out of the apartment building into a mm-hmm. taxi, and then I also saw them. Um, they were going into the St. Regis Hotel for a meeting. I saw them in front of the St. Regis Hotel. Have you ever got to actually meet him? Yes, 1969, him and Linda and Heather, Linda's daughter, came uh-huh. to New York City for their honeymoon. And a small group of us found out about it. And we went there every single day. I mean, I played hooky every single day. Thank God for my mother. She would call up my parochial Catholic high school and lie to the nuns and saying I wasn't feeling well. And he would just be outside Linda's apartment day after day after day. And he was just so wonderful. Yeah, it was really wow. great. I have lots of I have lots of pictures from that. Uh, you know, and the fact that you said it was their honeymoon, right? Yeah, and you're, you're you know, to be very nice for people, you know, is like, we're on our honeymoon. But I guess most people don't, you know, big stars honeymooning in New York City isn't usually, unless you're going to just lock yourself away. You know, not exactly right. a nice private. <laughs> yeah, and Linda's apartment was a few blocks away from the apartments her parents had. So very mm-hmm. often in the evening they would go out and they would just walk over to her parents' apartment. And we wouldn't follow them. You know, we had respect for that, but we would wait until they came back. And he was always talking to us, really nice. I remember Wonderful. the day that uh, John Lennon got married, I said to him, did he know that John and Yoko got married? And his answer was, no, all I know is that Ike died. Ike being President Eisenhower had died also that day. Oh, wow. So you were the one who broke the news to him? Yeah. (laughs) Well, congratulations. There's something that I haven't heard before either. Wow. Well, now that's an honor. Yeah. And then when they left go back to England, um, I got to see him again on like a one-on-one at the TWA airport terminal at Kennedy Airport, and that was really special. So So I met him a few other times. Wow. Wow. And I I have not met him once. Mm. (sighs) Wow. I still, there's still time. There's still time. I'm hearing real time. I hear, I'm hearing rumors though that he won't tour again, but because of I don't COVID and, I don't believe that I don't believe that. Look at all the people I, that are out there touring. Yeah, you know I, yeah. I, I I think I don't think he could stop. I don't think he knows yeah. how to stop. Um, I, I don't know about call, calling people up on yeah. stage, but I don't think he'll right. stop tour. He stopped that a while ago, um, but I had tickets to seven shows in Europe last year that were mm-hmm. all canceled. So I don't know that when he does come back, I don't know if it'll be Europe or it'll be the United States. I guess his people will figure that out. But wherever he is, I'm going. You're going. I I have to ask, do you have a husband? Yes. And children? Yes. And I just had and, a grandchild. And, <laughs> and they're all okay with this? 
Yes. <laughs> Someday they'll understand. They will. Yeah. They, yeah. When when they yeah. see the pictures. Do you have pictures of you and Paul together? Yes, I do. Good for you. I do. Good for you. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I got. Is there anything else? I mean, these stories are amazing. You keep coming up and surprising me with new stuff here. Um, well, I have to tell you one funny story because you asked about the support I get from my family for this. Right. Mm-hmm. One time, I forget when this one was was, but Bob, my husband loves Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan had not been touring for quite a while, and he came back, and I got my husband and I tickets to see him in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. and my husband had broken his ankle, so he was on crutches. So we were driving through the city, through the east side, to get to the theater where Dylan was, and we passed mm-hmm. a little tiny hotel that I know Paul stays at. And with that, I saw a couple of people in front of the hotel, and I saw a limousine with the the motor running. So I parked the car up at the end of the block, and I told my husband, I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. And I go, and sure enough, it's Paul's limousine. They're waiting for him to come down. And it got longer and longer, and I'm looking at my clock because Dylan's coming on soon. So now I see my husband hobbling down the block on his crutches with his broken ankle. Oh, my. And he comes up to me. And we have words, and he says, you need to make a decision. So I handed him his Dylan ticket and said, I'll meet you at the seat. (laughs) (laughs) And Paul came out a few minutes later, and I got to talk to him there. There were only a couple of us there. Oh, does he, um, after after meeting you a couple times, I mean, does he remember you? Yeah, um, and he told me that. I don't know if you saw the elevator shows that were on the Jimmy Fallon show. Yes. Okay, so I was on that tour. The whole thing was very secretive. I did not know about it. I was on that tour, and they they took us on this tour. And at one point, I wanted to leave, and they said, no, once you start the tour, you can't finish tour. And then we had to go up in an elevator. They were taking us to another place to see at NBC Studios, and they put – like these three other women that I was talking to in the back. And then the the guy who was running the elevator said to me, how many in your party? And I said, just me. He said, well, come with me. And he put me in front of these three women and go up and the door opens and there is Paul. And he pointed to me, looked at me and pointed to me and he said, I know you. And all I could say was, holy shit. I'm sorry if I cursed. I'm sorry. (laughs) Is that is that actually on the film, him saying that to you? No, no. And I know someone who works at NBC who was in the room that evening when they were looking at all the films to see which one they were going to show that night live on TV. And mine was booted because of my potty mouth. <gasps> oh. Oh. Yeah, it was crazy. I couldn't just beep you out. I mean, come on. They, yeah. they just they just beep it out when all the stars do it, and stars like to say they're just like anybody else. Well, if they're just like that's anybody true. else, you know, then yeah, I think we true. we should have the right to to be fucking beeped. I mean, beeped. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Excuse my potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, try, I can't I can't say it and beep me at the same time. But anyway, right, yeah. Right. Wow. 
You you are lucky. You are a lucky person when it comes to, you know, when it comes to being around Paul. But I'm sure you've paid a lot of money to to travel the world to see him and for his, and con- to have these for his concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? You can't take it with you. You only live once. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yep. Someday maybe I'll do something crazy. Maybe. Get a yeah. little old. Get, you have to go see him. You have to go see him live. He's just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I, you know something? I actually, I've seen him three or four times. I actually don't remember. But the last time I saw him, I don't know if I've ever told this story on my podcast, was uh, in Philadelphia. And we had, you know, um, we decided to take our kids. We even flew our daughter in from college out in Pittsburgh into, you know, where we live near Philadelphia. And, um, you know, just because we got these seats and I wanted to take my kids to see him, if for nothing else than just live and let die. Well, we had a friend whose wife had um, contacts let's say, and she had access to getting us what's referred to as the band seats, which is the first three rows um, that go on sale at the last minute. So, you know, we got there and they had tickets hadn't come down and we're like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And finally the tickets come down and we get them and we're walking and as we get in and I end up giving them to my two oldest kids. Because I thought, my husband and I can't really go down there because, you know, we've got, you know, one that's like 11, you know, and I didn't want him, right. you know, unlike some people who put their kids on buses and drop them off, or drop them off at Shea, we don't right. do that in the, <laughs> so, so I gave them to my two oldest kids, my daughter who was, you know, uh, 20, my son, I think he was about 15 or 16 or something, and I'm watching, and I can see them, and we're literally up in the nosebleeds, all the way up against the wall at the top, along the side, and I'm watching them, and I realize they are in the second row center. Oh, my God. And this is the show where, I don't know if some people would remember this in Philadelphia, where the, the curtain went up, and so did Paul McCartney's mic and mic stand went up with it. Yep, yep, I was there for that one. Okay, Paul McCartney, before he starts singing, you know, his music's playing, and he looks down into the audience, and you see him say something, and he points to his head, points to the person, and then points to his head, and that was my son. My son was wearing a headband. He goes, I like your headband. Wow. He was wearing a bandana, a flag bandana tied around his head. Um that day and I had no idea this was going on I saw all this happen I had no idea he was talking to my son and my son who goes by the name Corey is actually his first name is Paul after Paul McCartney so for me that that was just the I guess to have Paul McCartney acknowledge the son that I named after him how special that's as close as I get I could have been in that second row you know (laughs) <laughs> Paul could have been pointing to his chest and saying, I like your boobs, you know. <laughs> but how kind of you to, to pass on that opportunity to your two children. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I tried to give them the heads up on live and let die, but they said there was there's nothing that could have prepared them for those flames when they go up. They said you can feel the heat. Yeah, so. yeah. 
So, yeah, so, yeah, I gave the opportunity to my kids. And um, that's, as, as I said, that's as close as I've ever come to getting to Paul McCartney. And maybe that's my legacy is just talking to other people and hearing their stories. But your stories are amazing. And, by the way, was your husband really angry with you when you got to Dylan? We didn't talk for days. Really? Days. Yeah, it was bad. Did you make him hobble down to the? Yes, yes, in the rain. <gasps> yes, oh. and he and he could he couldn't drive the car because of the right. broken Right, I know because you said you so were driving. He had to go get a taxi. He had to get a taxi. Well, oh my! Uh, it was bad. It was bad. All this to talk to Paul, huh? Yeah. And I think it, and I think if Paul was Paul was not on his way to the Dylan concert, was he? No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. Because that was my first thought: is wait, was he there to go see Dylan? So no, no. huh? No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and your husband still let you chase after him? No choice. No choice. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that one too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting to find the guy fan whose wife is like, "Are you kidding me? You're going to go see that old watch oh, up yeah. again?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, Marianne, your your stories were absolutely amazing, and I'm sure everybody out there is who's listening is uh, is really really enjoying these and living vicariously through you. I thank you so so much for sharing them with us and being on my show. Um, and we'll have to keep in touch because I want to, I want to travel with you. I, I need to find a traveling partner. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll join your little group if you'll let me in. You know, so and what's a, been so, so wonderful is these group of people we used to meet at Gate B, Gate B for Beatles at Chase Stadium. We are still friends. You can see that in the pictures I sent you. And mm-hmm. before COVID, we met twice a year in New York City for lunch together. But since COVID, uh, we've been doing a Zoom, New York Beatles fan Zoom, every three weeks. And that's well, been nonstop, nonstop to get since, uh, April. Yeah. Yeah. So are you now, are you keeping track of who's getting vaccinated? Are you all getting vaccinated so you can do this? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so you got your checklist going to make sure y'all. So you know, no, but I let would, me know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm vaccinated. I'm ready to go to Gate B. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. You say the word. I'm at one Gate more. B. All right. I don't. Yeah, I don't care if we one just. One more quick story. Sure. One more quick story. Okay. So Absolutely. I must have been 16. A hitchhiking hippie through Europe, three months to check oh. and trip with a backpack Good on my back. And I'm with another girlfriend who has no interest in the Beatles at all. And we were on our way to France. She wanted to go to Paris. That was her dream. But we're not mm-hmm. there yet. I go into, go into a bathroom, and I'm washing my hands at the sink, and there are these two women at the next sink. And one of them mentions, you know, I heard that Paul McCartney and his new band, Wings, are playing tomorrow night in Geneva, Switzerland. So we were oh, no. like thousands of miles away from Geneva, Switzerland. So when I went out and convinced and begged my friend, let's turn around, let's go to Geneva, Switzerland, and I promise I'll come back to Paris with you. So 
we had to leave right then and there. We had to hitch over the Alps to even get to Geneva. We didn't know if it was true. We didn't know where in Geneva he was playing. But oh I wasn't going to bypass that because, remember, this is Wings. This was early Wings when the Wings did their first tour of Europe. Right. So Paul had not been seen in, in ages. Mm-hmm. We were lucky we got two truck drivers who gave us a hitch lift over the Alps, got to Geneva the next evening, mm-hmm. finally found out where they were playing, got there, and we got, like, the last two tickets at the box office. It was amazing to see early wings. That is amazing. And do you still have that ticket? Yes, I do, and I still have the program from it. Oh, wow. That that That's amazing. And and you did make it up to your friends. You went to Paris. Yes, we went to Paris. I was going to say, and yeah. you did make her go in the rain by cab. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. You are so adventurous. Oh, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to meet you at Gate B. I'm telling you. We're going okay. to meet you at Gate B. All right? It, it, okay. It's a plan. Sounds it's a plan because I got to do I got to do something. I've 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 got that itch after all this COVID nonsense, you know. Yeah. Got to be got to get out and be wild. Anyway, thank you so much, Marianne. It's been fantastic okay. talking to you. And thank you everybody for listening and until next week, have a fab life. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 